Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Disney Dining Show. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Mr. Charles Boda. Hello. Mr. Steve Porter. Hello. And also back in the production nook and on the controls, our associate producer, Mr. Rhino Clavin. Hello. So in this week's show, we're going to talk about the new Edison restaurant that just opened at Disney Springs recently. Highly anticipated. We've all been looking forward to it. Um, uh, and, you know, I was very excited to go and, and check this out. And um, Well, before we get into it, here's a little uh, little package we put together. Just kind of give you an idea of uh, the restaurant. which are, I'm not sure the price because we don't have the menu, but they're absolutely delicious, $12. I get four of them. There's this like crispy uh, like topping on top that I'm not even sure what it is. I think it's a, actually it's a potato. It looks like some sort of a, yeah, it is a potato. potato chip type of thing. Uh, and it gives it a texture that I've never had on deviled eggs before. It's really, really good because it's, it, you know, you have that creamy that you have from a normal deviled egg, but then you have the texture of a little bit of the potato chip that kind of breaks it up a little bit. And I really like that. Um, I kind of wish I had more. So I think these are delicious and I would get them again. I got the Hawker's Box of Balls, um, which are just like ground plate balls. They're very good. Um, I mean, the they're kind of, they're mild. They taste like lamb. Um, the sauce that they use, it's... Uh, not overly spicy, um, but the, there's a good amount of flavor in the lamb. I would, I wouldn't say that I love them, but if you're a lamb enthusiast, usually their lamb is not offered as an appetizer, so I like that they offer it here. Um, and everybody's appetizer so far, I've really dug. So even with the smaller lunch menu, um, everything seems to be pretty good. I got the ahi poke. Um, I don't. I like pineapple all by itself. I don't like it mixed in things. I don't like it on pizza. And it is, this is definitely a very different poke because I think instead of using any avocado whatsoever, they used only pineapple. And so, not something I would get again. Uh, Charles, your thoughts on the Lambert? Yeah, that is really good. It's not uh, nearly as dry as I thought it was going to be. It's still probably not as rare as I generally eat it, but there's like a little pink in there. But the flavor is awesome. And it's pretty hefty. The, uh, the burger itself is actually delicious, but the bun is like dripping and super soggy from all the grease. Um, so I don't really like that, but the flavor is actually great. Um, there's, it almost has some sort of a kick to it. Uh, but and I like they have they have like the little fried uh, fried onions in there. That's pretty good. But yeah, the soggy soggy bun is kind of counteracting the good flavor. So I don't know. We'll see. They use the thin buns, but the fries are good. Yeah, those look like hamburger buns you buy at the supermarket. Um, those are not suitable for the size and scope of the burgers that they're serving. I can't. Hold on to this. The pickle and the uh, tomato just oh. fell out. It's like it's almost like it's like who, yeah. Who, who thought that was a good idea with that bun? I'm, I'm not kidding. It's like they went to Publix and they just grabbed 
a, box, a, a bag of enriched, you know, Edmonds hamburger buns off the shelf and threw them on here. Uh, yeah, oh, they're the worst possible bun to use on a burger like that. But even on even on this one, I'll be honest, this is not uh, the flavor's good, but there's a lot of like a tzatziki like sauce because everybody who does lamb puts a tzatziki like sauce in there because it works well. But um, so the flavor is really good. The only problem with it is if you eat it, if you looks like if you get any of the burgers here, um, you're you're gonna have messy hands. You've got to be prepared for you know just making a mess. I don't have unnecessarily. Yeah, I don't have stuff falling out of mine like Steve does. But the second I touched it, like he said, like you can't set it down again. What's that? You can't set it down. Yeah, this is I'm now bonded to this, and every fry that I eat is going to taste like this. So it's lucky that it's flavorful because probably my next six meals are going to taste slightly like this. Um, Doesn't wash his hands. I do not. So yeah, I got the. the grilled cheese and tomato soup. Um, and I forgot there was a Fontina, Gruyere, uh, Swiss, Alpine, Swiss. Uh, cheeses. So it's like four different cheeses and Munster. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's good. It's good. Am I like rolling around? No. Um, tomato soup is pedestrian. It's average. It's, there's nothing exceptional about it at all. Um, which is also basically what I can say from the service. She's very sweet, but unattentive and slow. Um, so that's kind of disappointing. Um, we went around and did the appetizers. Our main course came before I did mine. I got the... Uh, the candied bacon, absolutely out of this world. Um, Steve didn't look careful. Yeah, it's just not a preference thing. He gave, um, I tried a little piece of it. It's too fatty. Yeah, that's just reflects more on Steve than it is the candied bacon. And all, all I can say is stop fat shaming the bacon. Um, it was just it was, when bacon's chewy, I hate it. Now, if you weren't eating it, I was. It was delicious. Um, and absolutely, if you're a bacon person, that's like go out of your way to come here and get that bacon. Um, so, so, and you know, so far, food is good. Um, the only thing that I've had so far, or tasted so far, it's been exceptional. It's been the bacon and Steve's deviled eggs were quite good. Yeah, the deviled eggs were really good. So I, I got a menu back so I could remember what my drink was called, the Blinker, which was uh, Knob Creek Rye, Grapefruit, Lemon, and Raspberry. Uh, it's it's good. It's a, a really intense grapefruit flavor. So I'm somebody that I usually like. I don't like grapefruit in real life unless it's in a drink or flavored or something. And this is clearly like very natural grapefruit, so it's a little too sour for my palate. For my sandwich. Spoken like a real man. <laughs> I got the uh, I got the Medianoche, which is their uh, version of a Cuban. Uh, so it's pork, ham, Swiss pickle, yellow mustard on a toasted bread, and it looks good. Looks all fancy. I don't know. I feel like mine. After listening to everybody else talk about theirs, mine might be the winner here. My only complaint is like, I, it's a there's like a cheddar maybe on this, or did I say Swiss? If it's a Cuban, it should be Swiss. Yeah, and I'm not a giant Swiss cheese fan, but it's no, neither am I. Flavorful, so the cheese you can really taste that there. However, it's not ruining the sandwich for me. So I'm actually going to ask for a little bit more mustard because I'm not getting a lot of the mustard. But... Would you like some tzatziki? <laughs> <laughs> Wipe your hands on my food. 
that the coffee one? I think so. Nobody knows. I wanted some of the actual shake. Aren't in you there. somebody who doesn't like oh sweets? So I am, but if, if I'm gonna go, go all the way. To drink this one, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Say hello, Cola. I did get some of the black cherry shake in that, and if you get below the top layer, the shake itself is really good. Shake is amazing. This, I mean, it's all sugar. Oh, awesome! But it's. <laughs> really good. It's disgusting, but it's really good. Oh wow! These lollipop things are these lollipop things are really good, but you like this is definitely shareable because I've had two and I'm like, oh, like it's two. They're really really sweet, like Charles was saying. And if you had more than one, I just feel sick to my stomach. I thought that this whatever this is, whatever this bubblegum it's bubblegum whipped goodness cream. is. Yeah, bubblegum whipped cream is so good. I don't know how they make it. That's the only thing that I can. It's like they take the stickiness out of bubblegum, and you can just eat it. Bubblegum and pixie dust. It's like got the consistency of a whipped cream, but that it's amazing. That is so so good. This is another. This is now the second place at Disney Springs where I'm going to say to you. Apps and desserts. It's sweet, but that's really good. Um, when you get past all the crap on top, I want to taste that key lime. Just so you know, this isn't the grease trap that you think it is. Yeah, it looks. This key lime comes in this. It looks exactly um, like a grease trap. This. Uh, um, what is this called? Um, I'm not thinking of the name. Skillet. 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 And it, the, the, using that as the vessel to serve it, it kind of makes the key lime pie look like it's just a big tub of lard. Um, let's see how it tastes. Oh, wow. Lard. No. Phenomenal cheese. Taste that, Charles. This key lime pie. Phenomenal. That is very good. It's incredibly good. But again, I don't know if like a single human being wants to eat that entire thing now that I see kind of how deep and oh, wait, how rich a, it is. Crust too. <clears throat> yeah. Amazing, right? Delicious. Yeah. Very tart, like you said, but also flavorful. I think it gets a lot of points for consistency too. Yeah. You go places and you get that cheesecake. Too solid. This is definitely that like creamier. Really good. Very tart. I don't think I could eat a whole one of these. These are all very shareable sizes. It's chocolate, so it doesn't wow me like the rest. But it's, it's well also done. bitter. It's also bittersweet chocolate. I and I like chocolate a little better. Um, but uh, like everything else, it's it's pretty rich and it's pretty dense. But it's it's very good. These are outstanding. Every I don't like bittersweet chocolate, so key lime, cheesecake pops, and this shake are out of this world. I mean, outstanding. Really, really well done. Creative, inventive, delicious, different. Um, Not what you're going to find everywhere else. Even that key lime. it's just—it's not your common key lime pie. It's bold. It's flavorful. You get that—that that real, that 
that tartness of that of the key lime um, and really as Rhino pointed out major points with the consistency well my name is Rory I work here as an inventor and I gain inspiration from the Edison do you mind if I show you some of my inventions sure excellent as I turn my gears you'll see that my kinetic energy is creating electrical energy so the faster I go the brighter it gets much like myself so now, this is also a magnet, I just want to show you. But take the plastic piece, put it back in there. Magnet, right? But now, as I turn this magnet around, there's a small metal point here, it's going to act as a pick point. But place that same magnet. Ah. Oh, that's cool. Right? It appears to levitate, or float. Created by NASA in the mid-60s, it's called ferrofluid, F-E-R-R-O fluid. Now, remember that magnet. Oh, cool. see it actually has a spiky looking texture right that's really cool. now I left this magnet out to show you this one's not as strong believe it or not as the little one you'll see you can still move it around but it won't spike up it'll move it around right almost looks outer worldly I don't know if anyone's a comic book fan but it definitely reminds me of venom symbiote suit yeah very nice meeting you. Nice to meet all of you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. you know, appetizer was great. Entree was disappointing. Um, dessert was phenomenal. And then that just kind of topped it off. That was... So, uh, yeah. I, that, he was great. He was great. I really liked that. Yeah, I thought that was like... I expected it to be annoying, and I was surprisingly charmed yeah, by it. it was so. fun. I'm, I'm curious right now... Uh, this, this is like an empty restaurant. There's like maybe us and... I don't know. I was thinking the same thing. 30 or 40 other people in here. And I'm wondering if, if he comes around at dinner, if he has the time to show everyone. Like, he showed us everything that he had in all of his apartments. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if they, he can engage that much when the restaurant's packed, maybe at dinner. Uh, so if you do want to see that whole routine, probably lunch is better to come. I don't know that for a fact. Maybe we're just here on a slow day, but... It, it, I don't know. I, I could imagine that dinner would be a little, little trickier yeah. to get that engagement. The highlights were very high, and the low lights were just it. Here's the thing. I enjoyed my time here. Like, if somebody asked me to go back here, I definitely would. The decor and the aesthetic, just alone, is really fun. It's really nice, and it, like, it's, it's theming everywhere without being so in your face that it's getting a, a like getting in the way of your meal. Like something like Planet Hollywood is too extreme, but there's a lot of theme, like, themed places around uh, Disney Springs that I don't think are themed enough for me to really feel like it's something special. So the decor is great, it's beautiful, it's cool, it's comfortable, with the exception of where we're sitting is kind of these dance floor tables, but if you like, there are like leather chairs around for accents, but they're like nice little nook corners all over the place. There's the upstairs and downstairs. Um, and the, the appetizers were good. The bar food is great. Bacon and deviled eggs, if you're sitting here grabbing a drink during the day, um, will be great to order. 
entrees not so much, but their desserts were great. I mean, most of the things here they did pretty well, I think. I like it. I'd be happy to come back here anytime anybody else was coming. So I was looking forward to doing this review, and like it. I mean, it didn't meet. Ten out of ten expectations, but it was still pretty decent. For how empty it is in here, it was kind of weird to me that we're at like the temporary seating. We're at like basically this where we are. Like Charles was saying, is the dance floor when this becomes kind of more of like a nighttime atmosphere. Um, and so I was, it, it felt weird that we were we were seated here. This seems like this should be the overflow area because there's some really nice chairs and booths upstairs. So that was kind of weird. But the food itself was pretty good. The deviled eggs were. That, that was like I think my crown jewel of this restaurant. I yeah, they also, back. you know, with the attention to detail and the theming, even the architecture and the design, uh, they need to pay a little more attention to that with the music. Um, I'm watching silent movies from the 1920s, or yeah, on the wall, and the music is kind of going between the 1930s and the 40s uh, to the 60s. We were just listening to, like, Burt Bacharach. Um, and now we're, ba we're back to the Andrews sisters. So uh, those of us that have been alive more than, I don't know, 15 or 20 years are going to notice that. So it doesn't, you know, if you're going to keep it, you know, if you're going to be true to the theming, you got to do it the way the Imagineers do it. And that means there's a really narrow scope. There is another problem. And like, I, I just talked a lot about the theming, which I enjoy aesthetically. But as far as, like, what is the Edison themed, your guess is as good as mine. Because on one hand, you would think inventor themed, so Thomas Edison, Nikola Tesla. On the other hand, they throw in a lot of steampunk stuff. And for those in the know, steampunk is generally, it's like a usually like a um, Victorian London mixed with science fiction of the time um, kind of thing. You're thinking about 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea or like Around the World in 80 Days. That kind of thought process which isn't necessarily American Inventor Edison stuff. So there's like, it, it all goes together without like conflicting, but it doesn't necessarily know what theme it is. So when it comes to the music and then it comes to the decor, but then it comes to also the characters, they don't always just match up. It's kind of like science um, kind of stuff, but it's they don't they're going for something and they're going in it in like three different directions. That doesn't really affect my enjoyment of it, but I'm a nitpicker, so I kind of would want to ask, what's the heart and soul of this place? What does it stand for? What's it supposed to be? And I think this and how does that carry through to the meals? Because this is a restaurant, so you know. Is that infused into that? I don't know that I see that. I don't know that I see the theme of the restaurant brought into necessarily the dining. Um, so I think there are things, you know, look, I, I applaud them because it is a novel concept, it's a novel menu, and they just opened. So I'll give them an awful lot of leeway. Um, you know, if I come back in six months and this menu is still all over the place, and the entrees are still kind of what they were today, then no, I'm not gonna give them much slack. But um, overall, I'm not disappointed. I'm, I'm really not. Um, I was after the entree, but dessert and Rory the Inventor really did kind of turn it around. So, all right. Okay, with that out of the way, let's kind of go into a little bit of this. Um, starting with 
the theming of the restaurant mm. is phenomenal. Incredible. They did an incredible, yeah. incredible job. The space really gives you this feel of that whole steampunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and it's it's interesting. Uh, both floors. You can honestly just do a circuit and walk around. And in every little nook and corner, you're going to find something that's kind of cool or like weird to look at, whether it's art or um, you know just the lighting that they use is all very very like industrial steampunky and everything like that there's always something to look at just like right around wherever you are when i did the media event they told us that the the owner the guy that created the original edison out in california now this one they said he is a junkie in collecting unique and eclectic antiques mm-hmm. and so all the the really unique things in this restaurant are actually things that he's found around the country so they were saying it's one of the big difference between a lot of the Disney restaurants, which will have cool and unique things, but a lot of those are actually created by Imagineers or you know reproductions. These are the real thing, which is kind of a cool, you know, cool a cool part of this restaurant. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they had um, uh, like I think up the the top floor they had like old teletype machines and stuff, which I honestly thought that they recreated for this. I didn't realize most of those things were antiques. Knowing that actually makes me appreciate it quite a bit more. Yeah, it, from a theme standpoint, it's wonderful. Now, for those of you who remember the Adventurous Club, this restaurant is located in the same spot that the Adventurous Club used to be, and they did borrow the, uh, you know, they did keep the, you know. Uh, the building design pretty much the same where you have that upper floor and then you would go downstairs and there would be, you know, an area downstairs. So this is an upstairs, downstairs sort of thing. We were seated downstairs. Again, just you're really impressed when you walk in. You're kind of like looking around. Um, And then it came to the food. Then it came to the food. And we'll start with um, our appetizers. Uh, Steve got the deviled eggs. Mm -hmm which had like a crisp potato thing on top. That was $12. I got the clothesline candied bacon, which was uh, $13. And Charles did the Hawker's box of balls. The box of balls. Lamb meatballs, mint, uh, what is that? Harissa? I don't know what that is. It's a type of, like a Mediterranean spice. Okay, and strained yogurt. That was $14. And I will tell you, I mean, Steve was totally grossed out buy the uh the clothesline bacon for some reason it was weird it was delicious it was absolutely amazing how good this was and whatever that jelly was if that was the maple black pepper yeah uh it was in that jelly it was crazy good yeah yeah the bacon was phenomenal and um i think the only reason steve doesn't like it is like he has a different philosophical view on how bacon should be cooked i don't like thick cut bacon Weird. If it if I can chew the bacon, like if it's if it bounces back in my teeth, I don't like it. Yeah, he like he likes it crumbles in my mouth. Disney's paper bacon. <laughs> no, 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 paper burnt bacon. Yeah. <laughs> I just like extremely crispy like bacon or uh, breakfast bacon. Like oh, that wait. was more of a candied like I don't know. And I also forgot Rhino was there too. Yeah, uh, was, Ra- yeah. Rhino got the. Uh, Ahi tuna uh, poke. Yeah, I think that was $16. That was $16. Pickled red onion, cilantro, pineapple, toasted peanuts, and fried wontons. And um, 
What did you think of yours, Rhino? Um, I thought no? that the, I thought the well. I guess I should have read the description. That I'm not sure. If, are you reading from a picture of the menu, or is yeah. that from the website? Okay, I should have read the menu description then a little bit closer because um, I probably wouldn't have ordered it if it had pineapple in it. I love pineapple all by itself. I love it. Um, I do not like uh, fruit and like meats mixed together. Or I like to keep my fruits and vegetables separate too. And I'm used to the pokey that's out in like Turtish Sam's at like Disneyland. You know, with like a, you get the big chunk of like uh, avocado and guacamole that kind of gets mixed in with it or whatever. So this threw me when it came. The, the fish in it was excellent, but it just didn't mix well. Charles, you ate it too. And I I think you kind of agreed it was a weird yeah, it's collection. Like the, the pineapple took away from yeah. the tuna aspect of it. it. I don't think it was bad, but it, it took me Too forever much. Much. to figure out whether I really liked it or really didn't like it. So it just became a blank spot in my brain. Yeah. And Steve, you tried the deviled eggs. What did you think of them? They were by far, they were my favorite thing of this entire restaurant besides the theming. Um, I thought they were I love the potato crisp on top I thought that really made them like have a different texture with the um, deviled eggs that I really liked and I would definitely get them again and Charles how are your balls uh, my balls were delicious well actually I just wanted to say that though they really my balls didn't live up to the hype um, <laughs> no the uh, they I, were good they were their lamb um, so uh, if you're if you're a lamb fan and stuff like they they're all right. I kind of just liked that lamb was an option as far as appetizers are concerned. Yeah, and I'm not a fan of lamb. Yeah. I didn't like them. Um, so I liked them. They were good. They weren't phenomenal though. And as far as um, uh, compared to the bacon or the deviled eggs, which were really phenomenal, they were outstanding. Um, I'd say like if you want some lamb for an appetizer, this is definitely a decent choice. But it's not. It wasn't one of the mind blowing options that I saw on there. Now, uh, when it comes to entrees, you kind of have two choices. You can go with entree salads. Uh, they have the Greek, which is cucumber, tomato, feta cheese, olives, red onions, and peppers. That was $16. Chopstick chicken, which was Napa cabbage, greens, Granny Smith apple. Uh, um, how's it pronounced? Jic- uh, not jic- uh, Jicama. Jicama, yeah. Um, Weird spicy words. cashews uh, and a sesame ginger dressing, $19. Uh, gem lettuce wedges, crispy onions, tomato, uh, bacon, lardon. Whatever that is. Um, I could go a lot of places with that, but I won't. Uh, Blue cheese, uh, with blue cheese, and that's $15. And the Tesla shrimp cob, uh, baby lettuce. uh, It does say baby lettuces. (laughs) Uh, Bacon, hard-cooked egg, uh, tomato, avocado, and fried bread, $20. Did you... I had um, I had the one of those salads when I went for a test meal with my friend. Okay, and I and this blue cheese was also present when I went and did the vlog. Um, it, it was on the electrifies. Um, their blue cheese. If you are someone who's like, it's okay. Blue cheese is okay. This is the most intense blue cheese I've ever had. I don't like blue cheese. See, I, I love blue it. cheese, oh. and I love intense blue cheese. Oh, then so. I would have told you to try that salad, that wedge. I think it was the wedge, the, whatever the second to last one you read was. But I was just like, who? Like I, I can't do it. <laughs> um, so beyond uh, salads, uh, salad entrees, and also with those salads, you can add chicken for five dollars or shrimp for seven. Ooh. Beyond that. Um, they have their burgers and bites. And this was the lunch menu. The dinner menu is a little more extensive. But um, for uh, on this part of the menu, the Edison burger, this is their, their signature dish. It's a signature beef blend of sirloin, short rib, and brisket, Cabot cloth, bound cheddar, um, onion rings, smoked bacon, 
house-made pickles, um, lettuce, tomato, special sauce with fries, $19. Uh, that is what Steve got. I got the organic tomato soup and gooey grilled cheese. Fontina, Munster, Greyer, Alpine Swiss cheese on buttered sourdough. That was $16. Um, you, Which one did you get? Uh, I got the lamb burger. The lamb burger. I kept it going with the lamb. Grass-fed lamb burger, creamy goat cheese, cucumber slaw, tzatziki sauce uh, with fries, $18. And Rhino, what did you get? I got the... Um the impossible the, burger? The, the cute, no, the, the medianoche. The oh, the medianoche, yeah. right. The classic Cuban pork ham Swiss pickle, yellow mustard on toasted bread for $19. All right, so I'm going to talk about my grilled cheese and tomato soup. The tomato soup was awful. It was simply not good. It was way too acidic, um, and it just didn't taste right. The grilled cheese was average. That's the best I could say about it. It was average. It was a little on the greasy side. Um, there was nothing about it that I'm like, wow, that's really good. Um, so it wasn't terrible. I ate it, ate half of it, brought the other half home, ate the other half later. wasn't any better the next day. Um, so, you know, meh. Uh, Charles, your thoughts on the lamb burger? Uh, it was very good. Um, once again, you know, whenever you get like a lamb burger or pretty much lamb anything, there's a tendency by everybody to throw tzatziki in it because tzatziki works with lamb. Um, and it did. And it works great. So I kind of wish they would do something different with it. The burger itself was really good, but they kind of pour on the sauce. So one of the problems is you like, it's not a problem if you're ready for it, I guess. But when you go to eat this thing, you are getting covered head to toe in various sauces that are expulged from it. Um, and, what a word. And thank you. Um, and the uh, like this this might be an ongoing trend with some of the other ones, but the bread choice is a little odd, mm-hmm. and they cut they, or the bun choice is a little odd. They could have done something different there to make oh, it a little more. Let's eatable. be clear: the bun choice wasn't odd. Um, the bun choice was what they saw on the shelf at Publix and picked up because that's what these buns were on these burgers. They, you know, you have these massive burgers mm-hmm. with all this sauce and all this other stuff, and then they have a common, regular, enriched white hamburger bun that is fine if you're doing a normal hamburger with normal things on it. When you put all this other stuff on it, this bun becomes useless. It begins to dissolve, as you saw in the yeah. video. Um, it begins to dissolve. It's not. You know, and this was the the issue yep. with yours. Yeah, that I was, mean, you were disgusted by it. Yeah, mine became so messy that it just became the meat was the only thing left, and then I felt like I was eating just like a meatloaf, and it was I don't know it 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 the messiness of the bun really threw the whole thing out because the first couple of bites I had I was like mm, this is pretty good, mm-hmm. um, but between the grease and the burger going into the bottom bun. It was so sloppy, like you saw in the video, that I could barely eat the thing, even though I really did like those first couple bites. So I think if they do get better buns, it would totally change the experience completely. Um, but it was also one of those burgers where it just had so much, like Pete was saying, there's so much stuff in it. Even with a big bun, it, it kind of gets, I think they need to maybe trim down on how many pieces of tomato and how many pieces of lettuce. Obviously, that's just maybe the person that put together my particular burger, but... Mm-hmm. 
uh, that was just the experience I had. So, and 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 Rhino, talk about uh, your your dish, your media noche. Again, I should have read the menu because it had uh, Swiss. Because reading is it. fundamental. I just, Rhino. I just don't know. Um, it so. I got that. I, I don't know why I just didn't get the vegetarian option that I normally get, but the it it had Swiss cheese in it, and it was, again, like really strong Swiss cheese, and I do not like Swiss cheese, so it kind of threw me a little. But other than that, I don't really have a complaint about it. It was fine. If you like Swiss cheese and you like Cubans, it was okay. I could have used more of the mustard on it, I felt like, because as far as Cuban goes, it, it was very – I wasn't even sure there was mustard in it because I, I gave Charles a bite, and we had to like pull it apart to double check. And, yeah. um, you know, they come – with uh, it came with like really thick cut fries, whereas the week before when I was there, we didn't get any entrees. We just got the two apps. The electro fries were really thin cut fries, and I the the waitress who we or ser- server excuse me, who we had who I had had both times. She told me they had just changed the fries again. So this is clearly like a menu that is like still constantly in flux all the time. And so you can tell. I feel like I I you know I. I don't mind Cubans. I'm not a huge fan, but I took a bite of yours yeah. and spit it out. Yeah. It tasted I, awful. Yeah. It was awful. I, um, it just was like, if I had ordered that, I would have sent it back. I gagged. I, yeah, I gagged. Steve Steve did gag. I think one of the problems with the Cuban was, once again, the bread choice. Mm-hmm. Because it was it's Cubans are standard. It was pretty much in, you know pork, ham, pickle, whatever goes on it. I also don't think that they put enough mustard on it. But... The way it was grilled, <clears throat> the interior bread kind of became mushy yeah. with the crispy outside, and that combined with the ingredients to where you bit into it, and it was just this. Bleh. It was like a meat gusher. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Using a lot of weird, weird stuff. To yeah, make. and that's because the choices made on these dishes were weird. Yeah. Um, and especially where breads are concerned. Um, so, you know, as has been the case with a couple of experiences we've had lately, especially at Disney Springs, um, appetizers were excellent. Um, entrees, not so much, but let's move on to desserts. Mm. Um, because this is where this place shines. Absolutely shines. Um, we did, uh, the black cherry cream, um, vanilla gelato. Sour cherries, gummy poppers topped with pixie sticks, <laughs> uh, rainbow pop, uh, whipped cream, and nerds, the candy, nerds, $16. This comes in a big mason jar. Mason jar. Yeah. And there were four of us at the table, so there were four of these big pixie sticks, basically straws. <laughs> and it looked disgusting, but oh, was it good. And we were all like going, like yeah. going back. We had to make sure we were keeping track of whose straw was whose because we were all hitting, hitting this mason jar yeah. and hitting it hard. It was really, and and then uh, didn't no no the um, no 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 hold on the lollipop tree. <laughs> That's what had tree. the bubble gum whipped yeah. cream. The lollipop tree. Um, these were cheesecake pops with a bubble gum whipped cream for eighteen dollars. And there were, uh, there were. I think there were three of each one, and there were three. So there was nine, maybe like nine nine or ten. Yeah, nine, nine or so of these cheesecake pops that were by themselves, out of this world. I mean, delicious. But I don't want to oversell this. You guys, but it's quite possible the greatest invention since fire was bubble gum 
whipped cream. That was so good. It was a whipped cream that tasted like, wait for it, bubble gum. And it's like, you're, I'm eating it, and I'm like, okay, this defies the laws of nature. This can't taste this good. But it tasted just like bubble gum, but it was whipped cream. And my brain was blown. That was the um, only part I didn't like. Really? What? Everything else. Well, bubble gum. Not a thing. Not not a thing that I want involved in any of my other things. This explains so much. Yeah. I, well, I hate fun, and uh, <laughs> I uh, bu- bubble gum is a little too. It's too a, fun. Yeah, a little too fun for me. However, <laughs> I I do like I did um I did combine the cheesecake pops with the black cherry shake thing, mm-hmm. and that was just off the rails phenomenal. Yeah. Like the um I thought it was going to be too heavy on that um. Mm-hmm. On the black cherry thing, looking at it, it looks like an explosion. But your first sip down there, it's yeah. got like just a really good deep black cherry flavor. That's awesome. Uh, and it's well, and then she, uh, the, the the server explained to us that they actually, I mean, they use real black cherries. They puree them. Mm-hmm. They make everything from real black cherries. This isn't flavoring. This isn't. Ah, oh, okay. Really yeah. good. The other items uh, we bought, oh, we, we got were the key lime pie, uh, which was ten dollars, and the bittersweet chocolate mile high cake. Which was twelve. Now, when the key lime pie came out, we were all like, "Qua!" Um, it was in a skillet, and I'm like, "Okay." So, as you see from the picture we're putting up now, uh, there is uh, uh, there's a skillet with, a, with with a key lime pie. It looked like lard, <laughs> okay? Because that when I see a substance, a hardened. Semi gelatinous yeah. substance inside a skillet, it's normally lard. Um, and if this was lard, I want more lard because this was possibly the best key lime pie I've ever tasted. Yeah, absolutely outstanding from consistency and flavor. It was phenomenal. I just don't get once I took a bite of the cheesecake of the key lime pie, I didn't care what it was in. They could have brought it to me in a toilet bowl yeah. and it would have been fine. <laughs> um, toilet yeah, cheesecake. Yeah. It, it's hilarious because if you didn't tell anybody what that was and you handed them uh, them that and been like, here, eat what's in this skillet. Uh, <laughs> I'll pay you $5. They would refuse just straight off the bat. <laughs> but once you actually like get over that and bite into it, it's delicious. I think uh, I liked everything that we had dessert-wise. And I think if you're going into this and planning like what you're going to have, it's important to note that you can totally share the black cherry cream and you can totally share the lollipop tree. And I feel like the other two things are a single person dessert. I mean, you can share the cake or the key lime if you're generous, but that is more of a single serving than the other ones were. I'm going to jump in here too. Uh, the, uh, since we didn't really talk about it, the chocolate cake that Charles ordered is not, this is, this is one of my issues with the restaurant too, is that I've had the same server twice, like I said, and my complaint before, and it stands still is she didn't know, she didn't know questions I asked her. She didn't know the answer to. And they're like, well, the restaurant just opened. And I'm like, fair enough. But aren't you trained to know um, all yeah, this Yeah, I'm going to give, you know, because the restaurant is brand new, I, 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 always give, I always give some leeway. Now, if we go back in six months, yeah. and that's still the case, that's a different story. 
But but the, um, the chocolate cake doesn't come out the way it's described in the menu. It has says it has yeah. raspberry coolie on it. There's no raspberry yeah. on it because they just she told us they just changed it like a day ago. And the same with the key lime pie that was brand new that day. And so a lot of this stuff is still changing. I had heard something happen to the executive chef right before they were about to open, and so this menu is just all over the place right now. Well. So, I, I will, well, just before we get into that part of it, I'll just say that the um, I'm not a huge fan of bittersweet chocolate. This was very, very good cake. Yeah, yeah. This was a really, really good cake. I don't think anybody was disappointed with any of the desserts. I had yeah. the original one, which was terrible. So this this one was excellent all by itself. So if you had this one before, give it another try. Well, and now kind of moving moving past all of that. Um, my impression walking away is this is a restaurant that doesn't know what it wants to be. Um, it's kind of all over the place in terms of the menu. First of all, it's a very limited menu mm-hmm. for lunch. Um, and I, I think that either they either need to go tapas style or they need to expand. They need to give a few more offerings. The di- like I said, the dinner menu is a bit more, uh, has a bit more on it, but, uh, this lunch menu seemed very, very limited. Um, I'm also concerned that, I mean, there's been no shortage of hype around this restaurant. There's been no shortage of discussion about this restaurant. People have known it was opening. Mm-hmm. Plenty of people know it is open. It's at Disney Springs. And this place was virtually empty when we were there on a Thursday afternoon. Um, so I don't know what's going on with that either. But it felt very disjointed. The experience of the theming. Coupled with the, the menu, mm-hmm. um, the music, the music. Yeah. Okay. So, music. We're supposed to be in like I guess you know the twenties or the thirties. Well, turn of the it's the whole thing they want is steampunk, turn of the century, industrial. So you know, think about like early nineteen hundreds, late. 1800s, so you know, the, kind of some of that, but some of the music, you know, wasn't too offensive in terms of being from the twenties and the thirties, even mm-hmm. some from the forties. Then all of a sudden we're in the 60s. And I'm like, what is that? You know, I'm hearing Burt Bacharach. Okay, now, I don't know about you, but the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Burt Bacharach isn't steampunk, <laughs> you know? So it's, you know, it's, and it was jarring enough that mm-hmm. I actually noticed it, yeah. um, that it didn't make sense. You've got silent films running on the wall. I mean, old silent films running on the wall, and then you have music from the 60s playing. So it just, it's like, it doesn't know what it wants to be when it grows up. I think all the elements are there Mm -hmm. for a phenomenal, different experience. I think if this went tapas, um, kind of focused on and maybe built up this, uh, these desserts, um, Given the club type atmosphere, yeah. the the some of the signature cocktails that they offer, this is a great adults place. But I will say this: now after ten o'clock at night, it is uh, adults. It's eighteen and over, correct? Twenty one, twenty one and, 21 and over. Um, so you know that might be putting some people off that it's not good for kids. Um, I will tell you that um, just from the standpoint of these desserts, uh, any child is going to lose their mind. That black cherry cream, forget about it. Forget about it. That lollipop tree. But the real, 
honestly, one of the things I was kind of ready to give this place a four or a five at the end Mm -hmm. of this review. And then Rory comes up, right? It was Rory. Yeah. Rory, Rory, the inventor, right? This is, um, their, you know, their streetmosphere, basically their Mm -hmm. streetmosphere character. And he comes to the table and he does all these, they're not magic tricks. They're all these, you know, little scientific experiments. This guy, perfectly in character. He was the perfect guy to play this role. And at first, you know, because honestly, I eye roll. I'm very jaded. I eye roll. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Um, This guy was engaging. He was funny. It was enjoyable. And he spent. And we're recording, and the neighbor is doing the lawn again. (laughs) This woman never cuts a lawn, okay? Believe me, Walter once said, you will never have the worst lawn on the street as long as she is living next door. But only when we're recording does she decide to cut her lawn. Um, Okay, now completely, completely lost my train of thought. Okay, Rory, yeah, Rory, the I generally don't like those things, and I thought it was going to be like kind of annoying, honestly. Like you know, give him a chance or anything, but like yeah, I was very charmed. I thought he did a great and he's, job. He spent a lot of time with us too, yeah, with yeah. every table. But again, there weren't a lot in there, so we were wondering when it's really busy. Is he going to be able to do all he able of to, those tricks? Able to do all of that? He he did a good job of maintaining the balance especially with like adults at the table and not young children of maintaining that balance of being in character, but not being like cartoonish and over the top where it's annoying. He, he kind of just played in the role, but was just informative about these little gadgets. That he, he was, had. he was absolutely phenomenal. And actually that experience gave a couple points to this mm-hmm. restaurant in my book um, that I thought that, okay, that really fits with the theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as long as they keep playing to the theme um, and adjust those things, and it's, I'm glad to hear that they are making adjustments to mm-hmm. this, to this menu, because you know it's something that they're going to have to do. But um, overall, scale of one to ten, Rhino, what do you give the Edison? Um, based on my the combined experience of the one I had um, the week before, and then the one with you guys, I would roll it into be about an eight. Because the experience I had before was like a 10, and this one was kind of the on the other side of that, the opposite side of that. So I'd say like an 8. Charles? Uh, I was thinking about maybe 7.5, 7.5-8 range. Yeah. Steve? Uh, right after the experience, I, I thought in my head about an 8, but I think after some time has gone by, I would maybe lower it to maybe closer to 7.5 or maybe even a 7. Uh, but with lots of potential to improve, because I think the, this place has the bones and this, you know, the mm-hmm. theming and everything to be a much much better place once they make those uh, menu adjust, adjustments, if they do. And and I'm I'm giving I, I was like I said at the end of dinner, um, I was a five. It was a five. Mm-hmm. This was not going to be a good review. Um, then desserts came. Oh, okay. And then Rory came. Seven 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 and a half. Yeah. Um, and I agree with Steve. I think the bones are there to make this a great restaurant. I think it's got all the potential in the world. I think what is wrong with the Edison right now is easily corrected. Um, and it does seem they were very anxious for feedback. They mm-hmm. were very anxious for feedback, which is a really good sign that they want, they want to hear what you're saying. They want to make this right. So again, early opening, 
on this restaurant. It's only been open a little over a week, I think. Yeah. Um, am I correct on that, Rhino? Uh, I, th- two weeks? I think it opened uh, New Year's Eve. So yeah, so like, well, wasn't that a soft opening? Um, yeah, and then the official one. So yeah, I'd say two weeks. Two About weeks. Two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. So you know, it's still in its infancy. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Go you can, no, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, I feel like with the things that have, the restaurants that have opened in Disney Springs in the past year, a lot of them that have had. Um, chefs tied to the restaurants i feel like from the get-go their menus have been pretty set and pretty well liked like art smiths and um uh, morimoto morimoto and um for, for chino oh bailey skip bailey or not, not skip uh, uh, rick bailey rick um i feel like from the get-go those menus were I was gonna kind say of peter bailish but <laughs> well liked from the get-go and i feel like this place just needed someone like that maybe to get the menu st- together right from the get-go well and i think it's also important to mention that when rhino said something happened with the chef i think there was a, a, yeah. a personal yeah i think a so. family issue that took him away he wasn't like thrown out or fired or anything um so you know there was that kind of last minute adjustment there and like i said they they really they've put a lot into this and you know right now if you're going in the next week apps and desserts mm-hmm. apps and desserts right now they need to really work on those entrees for lunch. I can't speak to dinner. We didn't do dinner. But for lunch, apps and desserts is what I would go with. Um, but there you have it. That is our review of the Edison at Disney Springs. And that will do it for this episode of the Disney Dining Show. We hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you again next week. <laughs>